Welcome to the Current Investment and Tax Update Call. Our host for today's call is Bruce Keel. At this time, all participants will be in a listen-only mode. Later, we will conduct a question and answer session. I would now like to turn the call over to your host, Mr. Keel. You may begin, sir. Very good. Thank you, Paul, for getting us started today on a, uh, a I guess, kind of a spring day in Minnesota. It's quite a week. Doesn't feel like winter, but I think we're all pretty happy about 40s and 50s this time of year in Minnesota. So that's uh, very cool. I uh, really want to thank you for joining us today. This, uh, My name is Bruce Keel. Uh, with Avier Wealth, and uh, we'll be joined today on the call by my associate, Nate Hom. Uh, he'll be joining us in a, a little bit to share some tax updates. And then also, for those of you who maybe haven't been on a call like this before, typically it'll last 25 to 30 minutes, and towards the end, yes, we'll open up the line for any questions that you might have, and uh, we will do our best to answer those questions. And then also, this call, just so you know, is being recorded. So if you know of anybody who might uh, benefit from this call, it will be recorded and on our website tomorrow. And actually, that's where we're very excited. This is our, our first call under our, our new brand of Avier Wealth. And so that recording will be on our new website. If you have haven't had a chance to take a look at it, go to AvierWealthMN, as in Minnesota.com, and you'll see our updated website. And in that area is a resource section that has some great information on many different topics, part of which is a catalog of these conference calls that we will be sending out a link tomorrow uh, for those clients who weren't able to attend today. But we're very exciting uh, to have you here uh, with our, our new brand of Avier Wealth. And then, of course, we're in our new office, too. Uh, on December 6th, we moved into our new office, which is in the same building we've been in, except we're now on the second floor. So we're not hiking up as many stairs or riding the elevator as much as we used to. We are in Suite 210 on the second floor, so excited to have you uh, stop by and see our new office. We're still waiting on some furniture, unpacking a few boxes, but we do uh, plan to have an open house here, probably uh, going to be after the tax season in early spring, so more to come on that. But yes, we did combine our office with a uh, CPA, a CPA, uh, Paul Strott, that has been my CPA for over 15 years. So now we are in the same office as Avier Tax as well. So we're very excited about that. So yes, we have our new name, we have our new office, we have our new tax services, but still uh, the same great staff, right? Um, really uh, blessed to have a, a tremendous group of staff. And really, uh, this is very apparent to me personally, as last week I was gone out in California visiting a couple of our kids and grandkids, and when I come back, pretty much everything's done. Uh, there's not a lot, of, a very big stack on my desk, and just appreciate our staff so much, and I know uh, you guys do too. And, you know, with our strategic relationship that really we've been working on with Avier over the last two years, Every once in a while, a client, a client will ask me, boy, are you retiring? And yeah, just wanted to touch base on that because uh, certainly the whole strategic plan with Avier number one 
is to have that emergency plan in place. So if the proverbial bus uh, came to myself or to Nate, we have a very good plan in place to take care of our clients, to take care of staff. So that is very important, as well as just wanted to have a long-term plan also for our company, again, for the benefits of our clients and staff. And that's where this strategic relationship with Avier has worked, uh, been working out very well. Uh, so yes, really my personal plan is just really to dial back a little bit over time. Already Avier has been extremely helpful in taking care of some of the administrative and some of the compliance duties that have been on my plate forever. And really then I get to do what I like to do the most is, is spend time with our clients and working with our clients. So I am 62. So my plan is just to gradually dial back over the next five or 10 years. And really my goal is when I do eventually retire, that clients won't even notice because uh, our tremendous staff pretty much takes care of everything in the first place. So just wanted to spend a few minutes as uh, we have made some of these uh, changes over the course of the last couple of years and really excited about the track uh, for our wealth uh, side of Avier as well as then the tax side too that is a new addition. So recently you would have received your fourth quarter statements and they were very fun to look at because yes there are some very good gains for 2023 certainly much better than really anyone expected as we started out a year ago uh, because many economists at that time were actually predicting a recession for last year because inflation was so high of course the fed was going to have to raise interest rates and many people felt they wouldn't be able to do that um, as delicately as maybe they need to and it would throw us into a recession. But what we have seen is the Fed has actually done a very good job of raising interest rates at the right time. It's kind of like the Goldilocks, not too hot, not too cold, about at the right time to really find that balance between keeping our economy growing, but at the same time bringing down inflation. Because recall a year ago, inflation was averaging over 6%. We haven't seen that for a long time, but because of the Fed interest rate increases, now that inflation rate is down to 2.9%. So we certainly have seen it be very effective. And for the year of 2023, the economic growth was a very healthy 2.5%. So those are some of the reasons why we've seen some very, very good returns over the course of uh, last year and really now into January. It's been very positive, too. Matter of fact, yesterday set an all-time high on the S&P 500, and I'm just going to check in here as the market closed at 3 o'clock. It didn't quite set a new record today, down just a little bit. It was flat. But, yes, we've seen a, a very good January, too. So now as we look at what's transpired over the last 12 months, We've seen some very good returns. Our, our, our staple of Berkshire Hathaway has had a very good 12 months, up 24%. Kind of our star performer over the last 12 months has been the growth index, which contains some of these large growth stocks, technology. It's up 29.6%. Uh, so it's been really strong. Uh, that Berkshire has had a really good month, only up, it is up 7% uh, just since the beginning of the year. Our S&P 500 index up uh, 3% for the uh, month. 
and up 23% for the 12 months. So we've seen some very good returns. And you know it's a good year when uh, the slackers, like International, is only up 5%, uh, small company only up 6%. So not everything is way up in that 20%, primarily the growth stocks, but many people feel that small company area uh, is going to be a very good area for 2024. So it's just, again, a reason why we want to make sure and be very diversified inside of our clients' uh, accounts. And then on the diversification side, of course, we always have a good portion outside of stocks, about 50% in fixed income. And this has been a very good period for bonds this last year because with, the raise, with rates at a high point, that means dividends are higher. We've actually seen some nice principal increase too. So our bond positions have averaged over 6%, ranging between 5 to 9%. Uh, so that's been very good, and we can expect to continue to see a very good period here for 2024. And one of the changes we made a couple of weeks ago, you maybe noticed, we uh, replaced one bond fund that does better as rates go up with a different bond fund, a Virtus bond fund that does better as interest rates are high and stable or high and coming down. And again, we'll discuss that that's where we feel interest rates are going to go this year is a downward trend. And then another area we've been seeing a lot of clients move some money into is the Schwab money market account. Uh, we haven't seen uh, these kind of rates in money markets for a good 20 years. Uh, the Schwab money market is paying 5.2%. So for people who have money, too much money sitting in checking or savings, especially at some of the large banks, Wells Fargo, U.S. Bank, Huntington, uh, I know they're paying about a quarter of a percent. So on $10,000, that's an extra $500 in your pocket each year. So we've seen clients move some money into those money market funds. If that's something you have some questions about, uh, certainly we would be more than happy to address any questions that you might have. So uh, it's been a very good 12 months, a good start to the year so far. Matter of fact, there's a little bit of a barometer that says as January goes, so goes the year. So um, uh, certainly hope that that uh, barometer continues for 2024 because, yes, January, as I mentioned, the S&P up 3%. So we hope that is a good indicator of what the year will hold. So where do we think things will go? Matter of fact, the Fed is meeting today and tomorrow, and you know, the expectations are that in these meetings, that they will hold interest rates steady. Uh, most economists feel that, yes, rate cuts will happen this year, uh, in the last half of the year especially, but maybe even as early as their next meeting, which will be the end of March. Uh, so only time will tell. And usually these high and stable rates, as well as rates trending lower, uh, are very good for bonds as rates uh, go down, but also for the stock market as well. Uh, the cost of doing business is less as interest rates go down. So uh, we are uh, positively optimistic for a good 2024 in the stock and bond markets. And part of that is due to inflation. It is really expected to continue to drop. 
really the Fed targeted rate is uh, at 2% where they would like to see inflation and we think that can happen over the course of 2024. And then there's our consumers which are really at the heart of keeping the economy going through this recovery from the market drop at the bottom of the market October of 2022. Many people wonder if the consumer spending can continue. And we, we think it can because unemployment is still a very moderate 3.7% here in Minnesota. That number is about 3% is even better in, in, in Minnesota. And also we're seeing that lower inflation, but we're also seeing because of a tight labor market is that wages continue to increase. So still you hear from a lot of businesses, a lot of people that good people are hard to find. So yes, the wages have continued to increase, means more spendable income. It's the American way you make it, you have it, you spend it. So we think that uh, that can continue to happen. And this week is a big week uh, for corporate earnings. And because the, uh, the consumer is doing pretty well, uh, the corporate profit margins as well as corporate earnings have really been at record levels as of late and are expected to continue for 2024 and into 2025. So we'll see where the earnings come in this week and next, our big weeks. We'll see where those trends, but they are expected to be very strong. Uh, so that is very positive for the markets as well. In addition, uh, you know, many people at this time of the year start to look at, uh, because of the primaries happening, what's going to happen with the election? What impact does that have on the markets? And so we have studied that uh, because we can expect it to happen for sure every four years, uh, once in a while, um, every two years that we ask, uh, get asked that question. And so we've done some studies on that. And what we found is that rather, whether it's red or blue who actually wins the election, we don't see much difference in market performance. Usually, the markets actually do pretty well in an election year because usually there's not much happening in Washington. It's kind of a steady steady period no major laws that are 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 made that can make a difference in the market so really we see that performance being very good whether a republican or a democrat wins the presidency or for that matter uh, controls congress usually it really is a bit of a coin flip about a 50 50 on what those markets do but what we do see in a general election like this is a tendency to have a bit more volatility because as the election headlines are out there they have a tendency to create some uncertainty and some speculation but that's exactly why and how we manage our clients' money is we need to make sure that we have that high degree of safety. Because even though we do feel there's some tailwinds this year with the stock markets and bond markets, certainly with uh, things happening around the world in Israel and in Ukraine and a lot of other different factors like the election it certainly is very appropriate to have a high degree of safety. So on average, about 50% of our clients' money outside of stock in the fixed income, in bonds, as well as cash. And again, 
we feel those are going to be very strong areas at interest rates in the money markets paying 5.2 as well as we feel bonds having a very good year we haven't seen these kind of returns in some of the fixed income in over 20 years so we're very happy to maintain those very healthy positions in that area so just wanted to give you a quick update what would like to do is bring nate in and he will provide some information on some updates on tax time it's that time of year isn't it nate Oh, it is, sure is, and getting a lot of phone calls just in regards to 1099s, um, but just kind of wanted to touch uh, base just on a, a few things. Now, this year, just like Bruce was talking about, in an election year, typically not a whole lot of things is is being changed um, when we st- take a look at policies. Now, there was significant changes back in 2022 under the SECURE Act, but some of the updates that we see right now that we're kind of uh, watching is just looking at the tax brackets. Now, the tax brackets don't change. They're the same tax brackets, but the income on what gets taxed at those brackets have increased. One that we kind of keep a pretty close eye on is one that is going to be about the 12% bracket. So we know at that 12% bracket, that's the dollar that gets taxed. Uh, the last dollar gets taxed at that 12%. And for 2024, income is now going to be $94,300. So a little bit of an increase from where it was uh, last year. So what we want to take a look at it is before that you know, we get kicked into that next bracket, which will be 22%. So Bruce and I will spend some time as as we take a look at Roth conversions. So that's a bracket that we kind of review um, to seeing if tax and Roth conversions make sense for uh, for clients. Uh, so we're definitely well aware of that. Now, we also know once you go over that, so if you make 94301 that next dollar is now going to be taxed at that 22% bracket. The other thing that we do um, see from that SECURE Act 2.0, um, that required minimum distributions have now moved to 73. Um, if you were born in 1960 or greater, it actually is now 75 uh, for those individuals. And it's actually, we can have spouses in separate uh, tax rules when we start taking a look at the required minimum distribution. So something to kind of be aware, but one thing that was significantly kind of actually really nice is they did not alter qualified charitable distribution. So we'll talk a lot about this as people get close to that age 70, 70 and a half, because prior to Secure Act 2.0, required minimum distribution was 70 and a half. Taxpayers could take a distribution out of your IRA, send it directly to a charity, and it didn't show up as income, but counted towards their RMD. So that's still on the table. We can still do that at 70 and a half for taxpayers. We also know it's, it's a pretty good thing to, to take advantage of, even if it doesn't, even if you're not required to take a distribution out. If somebody is going to be charitably inclined and give to charity and are over age 70 and a half, this is typically the best way that we would uh, recommend for them to give to that charity. Right now, the IRS came out and said 87.3% of taxpayers file under a standard deduction. 
So when we start getting all those gift receipts from the charities that we gave, many of them don't really impact our taxes because we're all taking the standard deduction. So the QCD or Qualified Charitable Distribution is a great way to take advantage. And for 2024, the itemized deduction is now $29,200. Just some other numbers to kind of be aware of as we start looking at 2024 is what we can do for IRA and Roth IRA contributions. So it did increase. Uh, so prior, so 2023 for Roth and IRAs were 6,500 plus a catch-up of a thousand. They increased it for 2024 to 7,000 plus an additional thousand dollars if you're over age 50 and a half. 401ks they also increased. So now we can under 2024 we can contribute up to 23 thousand dollars through a 401k, and then as a catch-up we can do a 7,500. There are going to be some additional changes through the SECURE Act 2.0 that will actually get impacted next year, but that will be for next year's conference call um, because we are, we're gonna kind of take a look at just what 2024 is. Social Security is another one we get a lot of questions about, uh, primarily as we work with clients retiring, still might, might wanna do a hobby or might want to continue to work in a part-time capacity. Social Security, if you're taking Social Security prior to age full retirement, you, every dollar you make over a limit, uh, every $2 you make over, you have to give a dollar back. So that limit for 2024 is going to be $22,320. So that is something that we kind of keep a close eye on as, as people look at doing some of their part-time work in retirement. Then, um, like I kind of alluded to, we're really in the uh, thick of it we're, with 1099 documents, tax documents getting sent out. Schwab has sent out all the 1099-Rs. So the 1099-Rs for distributions out of your IRAs, um, even if you had a 401k and rolled it over, you would also get a 1099. Now, if we rolled it over to an IRA, it is not a taxable event. It's just a reportable event. So there's going to be another form for anybody who makes IRA contributions or those rollovers, a form 5498 that gets sent out usually right around um, end of April uh, time frame is when they usually send those out. And it's just for the IRS to balance. It's nothing you need to do for your taxes. It just balances out for the IRS. The big one that we're kind of keeping an eye on is the 1099 composite. So that is for uh, individuals who have individual accounts, joint accounts, trust accounts, after-tax accounts. Those are getting ready to be sent out for Schwab, typically right around that mid-February, um, just because they got to get all the information from all the different funds, companies, stocks, to to, to compile it all on that one form. So just something to be aware of. It, it will be coming, but we're planning on looking at it right around mid-February. So I, I guess at this time, Paul, if there's anybody uh, who has any questions, uh, maybe you can open it up to them, uh, give them direction on how to ask a question, either for Bruce or myself, if you could, please. If you would like to ask a question, please press star one on your telephone keypad now. You will be placed into the queue and the order received. Please be prepared to ask your question when prompted. Once again, if you'd like to ask a question, 
please press star one on your phone now. Thanks, Paul. So as we kind of wait for uh, any questions that might be out there, um, one thing we you, just again on the tax side of the equation, uh, this past Monday, we sent out our newsletter, and in that newsletter actually had a really good article uh, or a portion of it that talked about the health savings accounts. So this is another way that taxpayers can put more into retirement or just build up their savings is through a health savings account. Now, you have to have a high deductible plan, a medical plan to contribute to those HSAs. And once you reach age 65, you no longer are able to, to make those HSA contributions. But you can actually contribute for uh, 2024 $4,150 for a single, and if you have a married or a family plan, that amount goes up to $8,300, and you can actually put money into it. You get a tax deduction for that contribution. If you leave it in the account and invest it, it grows tax-free, so when you take it out for healthcare expenses, you don't owe Uncle Sam a dollar, so you can even extend that almost like a de facto uh, kind of Roth IRA and get the, the tax benefit of having that IRA kind of contribution or that deduction when you make the contribution. So it's kind of a neat thing uh, just to be aware of. If you have more questions, Bruce, myself, we're definitely here to answer any of those questions. Paul, do we have any questions? Yes, sir. We have a question from Tom Johnson, an investor. Your line is open. But thank you. Good afternoon, Nate uh, and Bruce. Uh, thanks for the information. Question about uh, Berkshire Hathaway and uh, with uh, Warren Buffett um, getting up there in years. Just wondering, you know, being that's kind of a star performer, uh, is there any thought to how um, you'll deal with the stock or what will happen with the stock if, if Warren Buffett um, kind of changes his position at Berkshire Hathaway? Yeah, uh, Tom, this is Bruce, and I'll field that one because uh, we do get that question uh, based on how long we've had this stock as well as the age of Warren Buffett, and he just lost his buddy, right? Here, Charlie, his right-hand man, yeah. um, just passed away a few months ago. And so certainly uh, we do get that question. And, it, and even here earlier, we we're talking about the succession plan of our business. And I will say I've looked at Berkshire Hathaway as probably has the best succession plan ever because they have all these other businesses, right, that have these CEOs of these other uh, businesses like Geico and a lot of these other big companies but they also, he has two right-hand persons, uh, one that takes care of all, uh, manages their businesses, and another one that outlines and takes care of their stock portfolio. And it's interesting that each year, Warren Buffett, in an envelope, gives the, his board who he would suggest to be his replacement. Uh, of course, the board doesn't have to take that person, but at the same time, uh, yes, there, there could be uh, a little a bit of a headline risk uh, the day Warren Buffett passes away, but from a business perspective, uh, he's just done an extremely good job of setting up his company to be in very good hands when he's uh, no longer at the company. So I, we do feel that um, 
Things will be okay. It's been such a good performer for us for a good 15 years and continue to feel that it has been a, a good position. So uh, appreciate your question. And yeah, it'll be interesting to see um, how much longer he's with us. He's been hanging on a long time. Thank you. Any other questions? And as a reminder, if you do have a question, please press star one on your phone now. And seeing no questions, I'll turn the call back over to our host. Well, very good. Thanks, Paul, for uh, running that. And just, yeah, certainly realize sometimes uh, questions that people have are not pertinent to have on a conference call with a group of clients. And as you well know, we are very available uh, via phone call, email with any questions that you have, whether it's about the content we talked about today or a personal need or question that you have. We really are here to help you answer those questions. And we just appreciate you taking the time to join us today. Hopefully this information was helpful for you. Uh, we will be sending out that link tomorrow for uh, the recording for anybody else you think could benefit from this information. We appreciate that. And we appreciate your business, just the opportunity to work with you. Uh, we want to thank you for your business and look forward to a great 2024. Thanks for joining us. The meeting has now concluded. Thank you for joining and have a pleasant day.